Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you very much for joining me. Today, we will continue our series into uh, that I've entitled Witnessing to the Witnesses, and this is a, a witnessing encounter, very uh, quite extended witnessing encounter that I had with uh, two Jehovah's Witnesses a few weeks ago in San Diego, quite the uh, interesting witnessing encounter and today we will listen as to what they do with Romans chapter 6 it's very interesting this is a going to be a very interesting little window little insight into how they take verses of scripture out of their proper context now this particular passage that they take out of context is Romans chapter 6 verse 7 and which says, Romans 6 verse 7 says, For he who has died is freed from sin. And they take that verse and they build an entire theological construct around it to support their notion basically of annihilationism. Even if they don't know the word, that is what they teach. That if you die outside of Jehovah, outside of Yahweh, you don't go to hell. There is no conscious eternal punishment in hell you just cease to exist it would be like 1972 for me the year i was born uh, i wasn't being tortured or tormented i didn't know anything because i just was not around i was around the next year 73 but not in 72 so you, you just poof you just boom you're you're, you're gone you're a vapor and psh, you're gone no no awareness of anything just blackness for the rest of eternity but you don't even know it's black because you cease to exist so uh, that that is that is their theology that and they take Romans 6 7 and take this one phrase and in verse 7 is not even an entire sentence verse 7 it just is a phrase out of a out of a sentence uh, but it's out of a context begins in verse one of chapter six, and uh, we you will hear me explain that to him now. I, I will uh, I will own up to something, dear friends. You might notice for the astute listener, you might notice that I make a a, a rather significant blunder. Um, it, nothing heretical, in fact, not even theological. But for some reason, as we're talking about Romans six, for some reason my brain jumped the track and went to first Corinthians and I start giving, um, the, the historical context of the book of first Corinthians. And I don't know why I did that. Maybe I had a verse from first Corinthians kind of in the back of my mind and I was thinking about it. So you'll hear me all of a sudden I'll, I'll, I'll we're talking about Romans six and, and all of a sudden I, I start giving the historical context and the setting of the book of first Corinthians and why Paul wrote first Corinthians. I don't know why I did that. My 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 brain just jumped the track. What can I say? And uh, and went on another track. But uh, you'll hear you'll hear towards uh, later in the conversation. I realize my error and I kind of steer it back and I get back in the book of Romans. I don't know why I did that. So senior moment at age forty three. I don't know. But um, you'll probably also notice that they didn't even notice 
that. I, I don't think either John or uh, Patricia even noticed my little um, historical slip up there. So anyway, I, I do want to clarify that for you so uh, you don't think I've completely lost my marbles. So, all right, dear ones. Well, without any further ado, we will pick up in the witnessing, uh, witnessing to the witnesses where we left off in our previous program. Here we go. The wages sin pays is death. So once we've died, we've been forgiven for our sins, and so we're dead. So when so someone what dies, is, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to finish okay, the thought. Sure, sure. When you get resurrected, there's individuals that, like you were kind of saying, like I, I get your point, like ones that have really did their best to try to apply God, get to know God and all that, they're going to be resurrected to a resurrection of life. The others are going to be resurrected to a resurrection of judgment. The judgment is, is once they're resurrected, now that you're resurrected, since you've already been acquitted for your sins because you died of your previous life, now you're going to have an opportunity to be judged on how you're going to apply living on life now with all this, this, this world that we have to deal with today, and are you going to be able now to live your life accordingly? You'll be judged on that. Is what it so you're a universalist. You think everybody's going to go to heaven? No, no. not at all. So the Bible says completely... In, you think there's going to be a second chance? There, that, no, not a universalist. It basically, here's a simple thing, is that Jesus, as we know, and the scriptures say in Revelation 14 and 7, that there's going to be 144,000 going to be going to heaven. Those are ones brought from the earth. That are going to be brought... And I'm just telling you what we... I know you probably have... Are you have part some, of the 144,000? I'm not. So, but that's what I'm trying to say is that there's 144,000 that are going to be, just like the United States of America, we have, we've got the election going on. There's 330 million people in the United States. Of those 333 million people, how many are part of the government? Like, you know, governors and, and presidents and cabinet, only a few thousand. Same thing. They're going to go to, they're going to be, go to heaven to oversee the earth's activities because in Revelation 37 it says the I know this and the meek will possess the earth. You probably heard Revelation that. 37? Yeah, there's Psalm no 30, Revelation. Psalm, Psalm 37, excuse oh. me. Psalm 37. Okay. Well, makes an, well, the point I'm trying to make is that Psalm 37 says very clearly, I, I, I don't think you can get much clearer than that. Psalm 37 says this um, that uh, Psalm 37, I'm glad you called me out. I'm the scripture guy. Down here. Psalm 37 says this. This makes a really nice point. And you probably heard this a bunch of times. He says here, For evil men will be done away with, but those hoping in Jehovah will possess the earth. I'm sure you're by mm-hmm. saying God will possess the earth. Just a little while longer, and the wicked will be no more. And you will look to where they were, and they will not be there. But the meek will possess the earth, and they will find their exquisite delight in the abundance of peace. For how long? This is just a temporary thing. I've heard one say that, oh, you, you know, temporary thing. It makes it very clear in the scripture. Same, same book. Same, same book and everything. It says here in verse 29, the righteous will possess the earth and they will live forever on yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, you know, we could we could talk about eschatology and... What's eschatology? Eschatology? Uh, doctrine of the end times. Okay. Okay, that, okay, that's what eschatology okay. is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm it's just guy. okay. That's <laughs> doctrine of I'd the like end to times. Words. So you know, we could we could talk about that. <laughs> there's okay, okay. I, doctrine of the end times. So, so I mean, there's going to be you know, there's going to be a. I'm just trying to tell you what we believe. So it's like okay, you read these scriptures that talk about the earth being turned into a paradise. You got Daniel, Daniel, and excuse me, the Book of Isaiah is a restorative 
prophecies for the earth, building houses. Um, verse chapter sixty-five, living in them, playing with the animals, no more sickness. And, so, and I agree. I don't have I don't have any qualm with that. I, I know there will be a new if everybody goes a new, heaven, a new you know, everybody doesn't go to heaven. There will be a not at all. I mean, okay. I teach the opposite of that. Okay. Uh, uh, no, I. I yeah. I don't know how you came up with that. I, I'm well, the I opposite. You were saying, you were saying that, that everybody that died in, the, the ones that died in Noah, you said they either go to hell or heaven, is what you were saying. That's what you're thinking. Well, the, the eight that were on the ark are uh, God protected her in heaven. Okay, what about All, the, the children, too, you said? The children, yes. And then the rest are in hell. Right. But who's on the earth? Right now? Yeah. But who stays well, about on the seven earth? billion people. Who, who ends up staying on the earth? The, uh, Noah and his family repopulated the earth after the floodwaters oh, no, subsided. No, 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 I'm talking um, future. What? Oh, well, that's what I was about to say. Well, uh, there will be, uh, in the eschaton, in the, in the, when God brings all things that are appointed in, there will be, as, uh, as the Apostle John describes in the, new, in, the, in the book of Revelation, new heaven, new yep. earth, yep. new Jerusalem. It will be a, a city 1,500 miles cubed, basically. Uh, 1500, he measured it, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long. So you have this giant cube, basically, that is the New Jerusalem, and it will be on this earth, uh, on a renovated earth, uh, no longer tainted by any sin, um, sickness, disease, all that's done away. So, you know, like I say, we could talk about it sometimes, yeah, you know, yeah. but, but the, the heart of the matter is, the heart of the matter is, what is the gospel? Who is Christ, and, and what is the gospel? Now, Romans 6 verse 7 getting back to that he says for he who has died is freed from sin but that's not you haven't even read the whole sentence that 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 is not talking you're taking that way way out of context in fact you're lifting it out of even the the sentence in which it so let's just read the let's read the whole sentence well let's let's start with chapter 6 verse 1 paul says what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? He's already recognizing. He's talking about salvation by grace through faith, and people say, "Oh, well, if you're, if you can just believe, and then you can live however you want to." Paul's nipping that in the yeah, bud to yeah, quote I, I Barney Fife. Same, same here, yeah. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? So Paul says, "Died to sin." Wait a minute. Paul's alive, right? I mean, he's writing this book, so he hasn't died mm-hmm. physically. Well, ending, yeah, I, I get it. Okay, so the death here is not talking about when your heart stops beating and your brain stops waving. Died to sin. Okay. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Paul's saying if, if you are a new creature in Christ, you can't live in sin. Mm-hmm. Remember earlier, I said a Christian can stumble into sin, but he doesn't swim in it. First John one nine, mm-hmm. written to believers, we can stumble into sin. A Christian does not swim in it. He does not look for opportunities to sin. He does not relish his sin. He does not enjoy his sin. When a Christian sins, he is grieved by his sin. He has the Psalm fifty one kind of sin that David had when he cried out to God against you and you alone I have sinned he grieved over sin so the death here is not talking about your heart stopping it's talking about being dead to sin you see how important context is or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus that happens at regeneration have been baptized into his death therefore we have been buried with him through baptism and death what do you mean we've been buried Paul's 
sitting at a table writing this. He wasn't six feet under the ground. You see? You've got to look at this in context. I think, yeah, I think, I, I hear the context of those first points. I see what you're saying. And, it's, no, and it continues all the way, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, not talking about a heart-stopping being, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. That's the old man, crucified. It, says, but it goes on to say, for the one who has died, it's, 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 it's pointing to another individual. Died to sin. No. Died to sin. That's the I whole. Think it's another point. No, John. That's the whole context. I mean, we just we just read I through get the it. Context. I get what you're saying. Okay. That, and it makes well, sense. And that's the making multiple points. Context. 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 Hmm. The whole thing is about dying to sin, not your heart stopping. See, this is why it's so important to have what we call hermeneutics: how to rightly divide who's, Scripture. Who's, talk, who's talking to who? Yes, it does. So Paul's talking to the early church, church in Corinth. They're anointed. Technically, yes. Well, yes, and they, as anointed, they do have different because it's talking and about Jesus' actual death here too. It's talking about his actual death. Yeah, which made it possible for us to be freed from sin. Right, and, and the so punishment of sin. He's tying in the penalty of sin. Since pointing to others that have already died. But he does make the context. I get your point. I mean, he does make the context of that, you know, use that analogy of being dead to sin. I get that. But then he also ties in here, as you read further, those who have died have been acquitted for their sins. And it says here, for yes, the death died that... Yes, died to sin. Yeah. Died to sin. That, and it says that's... here, for the death that he died, talking about Jesus, he died with reference to sin once for all time. But the life that he lives, he lives with reference to God. Yeah, I mean, this really isn't isn't difficult to grasp. Mm. We we have died to sin. And it, when Paul says, "For he who has died is freed from sin," the whole context here is dying to sin, being crucified with Christ. We have the righteousness of Christ imputed mm. to us. Talking to anointed ones, so, it, and referring to anointed ones and what they're what their death is going to be like, what their resurrection is going to be like. That is who he is talking to and who is referring to as an extension to those who aren't of the anointed. Are, it's, it's different. It's obviously we benefit from it, but in here specifically in who, in that verse, in that chapter, and what the context of it is to whom he's talking to and what it, it's, it is very important to look at the context and know yeah. who is writing to whom he is writing, yeah. what, the, what the historical context. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth that he started on his second missionary journey. He went to the Corinth. He preached the gospel salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. People were saved. He started a church there, church plant. Mm-hmm. He spent about 18 months with these new believers, baby Christians, mm-hmm. trying to grow them up, mature them in Christ. And he left, went to other destinations to preach the gospel. Well, he may have left a little bit too soon because the church in Corinth went downhill very fast. Mm -hmm. And he learned about it through a lady named Chloe who was in Corinth. And she wrote him a letter and basically told him, Paul, the the wheels are coming off here. Mm -hmm. And what was happening is that a lot of these very immature Christians were holding on to some of the vestiges of their pagan worship, mm-hmm. pagan idolatry that they had before they heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. They were trying to bring it into their Christian uh, worship, confusing it. There was all kinds of sin going on in the church. And so Paul is writing, this is a corrective. The whole book um, 
uh, well, Romans, First Corinthians, uh, especially First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. He is he is writing uh, he he is writing a corrective because of the abuse of uh, the spiritual gifts, the the rampant nature of sin that was going on, and he was saying. Basically, you're, you claim to be Christians. How is it that you're still living in sin? And thankfully, after Paul wrote, particularly 1 Corinthians, uh, when, the, when the church in Corinth received that letter, they were broken over their sin. They repented. Paul heard about that through Titus, who he sent to Corinth with the letter that he wrote to the church of Corinth. Titus came back. Paul met him up, met up with him. And Titus said, Paul, I've got great news. They repented, and and that's why you read in Second uh, Corinthians chapter seven, Paul is just bursting with praise. What vindication you have! What righteous, or uh, what godly sorrow you have! What vindication of yourselves! What uh, uh, you know? He, he fleshed out what real repentance looks like because that's what his letter brought to them. So all of that to say, Paul is saying he is he is correcting this view that, oh, you can just believe in Jesus and live however you want to live. That's why Paul's saying, may it never be. Yeah, I, I'm with you on everything. I think it's okay. a wonderful explanation. Yeah. I get that. But go to the last verse. I think it's, we're talking the same thing, but I totally appreciate the explanation. Verse 23, though, like when I first brought it up at 623, it says, for the wage... Okay, so he says here, however... In verse 22, however, now that you were set free from sin and became slaves to God, you are producing your fruit in a way of holiness, and the end is everlasting life. For the wages sin pays is death, but the gift God gives is everlasting life by Christ Jesus our Lord. So, again, he's talking about the wages. So, as a sinner, there's going to be death. So, is that what you're trying to say? The reason, the reason that the reason that one day all of us are going to die, you know, none of us is getting out of this thing alive. You're going to die. You're going to die. I'm going to die. In the grand scheme of things, is death uh, is because of sin. Yeah. The reason I'm crippled. The reason we age is because we live in a fallen world. Exactly. And so, in a sense, yes, uh, the wage, the consequences of that sin is physical death. Yes. We are going to die. Yes. But. For those who have been made new creatures in Christ through repentance of sin, and that's something we haven't even talked about yet, but repentance of sin and placing your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Once we die, we live forever. We that's live. I'm having a hard time contemplating because what if you die before you've made that that if you before you got that connection with God? Are you going to hell? Yes. Okay, so let me ask you this: What if? Your son, I'm thinking my son, my son's 25 years old, uh-huh. you know, you have a son and he makes a number of mistakes and um, we know our kids make all kinds of mistakes because we're imperfect and get involved in things based upon your, you might, you know, not that my kid did this, but some kid might get involved in smoking cigarettes and they might get involved in some other things. Um, we, I continue to work with my son, you work with your children and so if they happen to die like young at a young age before they had an opportunity to really mature and to be able to get to know God they're going to hell for the rest of their life for forever it doesn't make sense no to if they die before they reach an age in which they are what age is that it doesn't say it in the Bible I think there's something to be said uh, you look at the Jewish 
the custom that boys were considered men at around age 13, yeah. give or take. You know. So I hope you found that interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Again, a very interesting little window into the Jehovah's Witness cult and they're very, very faulty hermeneutic. Uh, as you can see, they, they take a phrase out of Romans 6, verse 7. They lift it out not only of its, of its entire biblical context, but they lift the phrase out of the sentence, and they construct an entire theology that is completely foreign to the context of that passage and, indeed, completely foreign to the entirety of of God's word, this notion that once you die, uh, then that is full punishment, that, or that is the the full penalty for sin. And uh, if if you do not belong to Jehovah or Yahweh, then you just cease to exist. And we heard him begin to ask the question, "Well, what about his son? Uh, what if he dies before he comes to an age where he can make that decision?" And this is where we will pick up, Lord willing in tomorrow's program. So uh, I hope that this has been helpful for you. And uh, I've received a number of emails from you saying that you're enjoying this series. Series, uh, Thank you very, very much. Love to hear from you. Uh, we've all had the, the JWs knock on our doors, right? Uh, probably each and every one of us have, have had that and probably more than once. I mean, Kathy and I live out here in the woods of northern Idaho, and we've had them at our door at least at least twice, maybe three different times. So um, I will give them one thing. They are quite evangelistic, very perverted form of evangelism, evangelism but uh, they are very deliberate about it. I will give them that. Um, would that we were more deliberate about our evangelism with the true gospel uh, as they are about their faulty evangelism with a false God, a false Jesus, and a false gospel. So anyway, very interesting peek into their their hermeneutic and their unbiblical theological view. All right, dear friends, thank you very much for joining me. I do have the foreword to my book now, and Lord willing, my book should be ready. Uh, and just uh, let's see, this is very this is the tail end of October. Lord willing, my book should be ready. I would say. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really shooting for the first week of, of December. I think, I think, uh, I'm certainly by Christmas, but I, I'm, I'm hoping a few weeks before Christmas. All right. Thank you very much, dear friends. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or are interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.